0: You are listening to another shear from the Amid a Week program brought to you by the St. Louis Kylo. Hi, this is Yosef Bloom, learning the Amid a Week. Uh, Amid Lamid Aleph. Aleph. Okay, so we begin with Tanarabanan, Sukha Gazula, Vi Rabim. So either a stolen sukkah, sukkah gazula, or someone who builds in Roshu Rabim, the public domain. Rabbi Yezer Posel, he says such a sukkah is Puzzle, The Chachamim say that would be okay. All right. Amar Rav Nachman be S they're really arguing about the case where someone grabbed another person and pulled him out of their sukkah and took over his sukkah. That's the case they're arguing about. Rabbi Yezer goes according to his opinion, which is Daamar, Sheain Adam Shell A person is not able to use someone else's sukkah to fulfill his obligation of sukkah. So, e karka nixellas. If it was possible to steal land from someone, and we'll get, we'll get into that in a moment. If it was possible to steal someone's land, sukkah gazulahi. In this case, when you pulled somebody out of their sukkah, it would be a stolen sukkah. You had stolen their land. However, inami karka enigazelis, or on the other hand, if it's not possible to steal land, sukkah she'ulahi. It wouldn't be the person's sukkah. It wouldn't be the thief's sukkah. He would basically be borrowing the sukkah. It would be a sukkah she'ulah. And then it wouldn't be his sukkah. So, either it's a stolen sukkah, which Rabbi Eliezer would usher from uh, the fact that it was stolen from a gezerah sikasu, or it would be a borrowed sukkah, which he would puzzle from the fact that it wouldn't belong to the person trying to use that sukkah to fulfill his obligation in the mitzvah. V'rabanan, the Rabanan arguing on Rabeliezer, letamehu. They go according to their opinion. Da'amre, Adam, Yod, uh, Yodze, Besukaso, Shochavero. Someone can use another person's sukkah to fill the mitzvah sukkah, so you don't have to be in your own sukkah to be filling the mitzvah. Uh, Vikarka ain't an exilis. And it's not possible to just steal uh, land and take over the sukkah. So the person who dragged someone else out of their sukkah and sat down in the sukkah, he wouldn't have made the sukkah his own. Uh, so in that case, it's sukkah shu'ula when He When he took the person out of their sukkah and occupied it, he, was, he wasn't using his own sukkah, it wasn't a stolen sukkah, so to speak, it was instead a borrowed sukkah. And in that case, he would be able to fulfill his obligation just as if he had been invited into the sukkah to sit down. Okay. Avow gazol aitzim v'sikech If you stole skach, wood to use for skach, and then you and then built the sukkah with that, Kol everyone would agree, both Rabbi Yezer and the Rabbanan, she'ainlo ella aitzim. That the person who had the uh, skach, the wood stolen from them, it wasn't uh, all they would have a right to, not to have the wood returned to them. But they would have; um, he would only have the right to be paid for the wood that was stolen for him. And in that case, if someone were to steal schach and and you, use it on their sukkah, it would be their schach. They would have been konet, They would have been, they would have taken possession of it, and it wouldn't count as a stolen sukkah. And they uh, someone would be able to fulfill their obligation of sukkah using that sukkah. Okay. So. Uh, The, the Gemara goes on to demonstrate how the fact that, the, that uh, they see this as being a sukkah uh, where someone was taken out of the sukkah rather um, than some other case of, of a stolen sukkah from a, a diuk in the, in the, in the uh, Brisa. Memai de dumya dirushusha rabim. The same way that it compares the stolen sukkah to a sukkah that was built in Rosh Rabim in the public domain. Ma harabim karka lav didehu, the same way that the public space is not his uh, land. Af sukkah nami lav karka didehu. This sukkah that uh, we're talking about, the stolen sukkah, is not land that he stole, it's not in his possession it's the, stu- the Sukkot where he dragged someone out and occupied it without taking possession of the land, at least according to uh, the Rabbanan. Okay. Now they have a Maisa on this subject. Ha'hi hi savta da kamei de Rab-Nachman. So there there was this old woman who came in front of Rab-Nachman. Amrale, she said to him, Reish-galusa <speaking in> v'kulhu Rabbanan de Bay reish galusa Basuka gazula hayu Yasve. She said the Reish Galusa, who was the uh, head of the Jews in Gullis and Bavel, and all of the Rabbanon who were with him, they're all sitting in a stolen sukkah. She says it's a stolen sukkah because the uh, Avadim, the, the servants of the Reish Galusa, somehow accidentally or intentionally stole Schach from her and used it to build the Reish Galusa's sukkah. Okay. Tzvacha, she screamed, "Velo Shkachabah. And, uh, but Rabbi Nachman did not uh, listen to what she was screaming about. And we'll, we'll understand in a moment what she wanted. Ra- um, Rabbi Nachman Amra he said to her, uh, Note, Amra uh, she said to him, Itza Dehavale la avuha tlas usamne sare avde, someone whose father had 318 um, slaves, avadim. She's referring to the fact that she's Jewish and her and she's a descendant of Avramavinu. Um, I'm screaming in front of you, and you're not, and you're not gonna respond, you're not gonna take up my claim. Okay, so what was her claim? Amrluhu, Rav Nachman. So Rav Nachman tur- turned to his Talmidim probably after she left, and he said, hi da. This woman is just a she's a loudmouth. All she deserves is the value of the wood that was stolen from her. So, of course, she deserves to be paid back, but apparently what she was screaming about was that she wanted the wood itself back. And uh, Rav Nachman says, no, that's not the din. The din is that the that she only deserves the value of the wood, and we're going to get into that right now. Okay. So, and I should just say, in brief, the reason for that is there, there's a Gezerah um, in... Uh, in general, that if someone were to, and it's based on a case where someone had stolen a cora, a beam, um, from, uh, from for construction and built it into a building, that they, in order to do tshuva and return it, they would not be required to tear down the building and give it back. They would only be required to pay for the value of, of the beam. And that apparently applies in this case as well with the skach that... Uh, that the Resh Galusa's servants took. Okay. Amaravina. Ha kishura de metal talasa de gazula. So someone who stole a beam. Avdele Rabana tekanta. The Rabanan uh, made a takana, they made a, a a decree on this case. Meshum tekanas maresh. Because of this general takana that they made regarding the beam that is built into a building, that it doesn't need to be returned, only the money needs to be returned. Okay. The Gemara responds to to Ravina. They say, Pshita, isn't that obvious that if you were to build your sukkah with a beam, that you wouldn't have to return it? We just heard from uh, from Ram Nachman that even the skach doesn't need to be returned. My mi uh, what's the difference from the wood on top? Okay, why, why does he need to tell us that even a beam built into the structure? Mahu de Tema, So it would be normal for someone to steal or accidentally take Schach um, and use it on their, uh, on their Sukkah. In that case, maybe you would have thought that the Gezer of the Rabbana would apply, that they don't need to be returned. Of al high, lo shikhi. The case where someone actually steals a beam and builds it into the structure of their sukkah, that's not a common case. Aim a low. So you might have thought that's not that the gazera of the Rabanan wouldn't apply in that. Kamash milan that it does. So in that case, also the person would only have to pay back the value of the of the beam and not um, give it back. Hani meili uh, begoship. Uh, Shiva. This is in the case during the seven days of Sukkot. Okay, Aval Levasar Shiva, Hadar after those seven days, it returns to its, its prior status. So it's only during Sukkot that we have that the Schach the has this special status that it doesn't need to be returned, only the value okay, the ihibro betina, but if it was attached, uh, if the, I guess in, in this case we're talking about not just skak, but the, the structural pieces attached to the, the structure of the sukkah, if it was attached with tit, if it was attached, uh, actually uh, mortared in, the fil achar shiva nami yihiv le even after the seven days of sukkahs, he would, you would only have to repay the value of it, not return the beam, again. um, So we see that during this, during sukkahs, there's uh, even something that wasn't permanently attached. The sukkah is seen as a permanent structure, but it it has to be permanently attached, like mortared in, in order for it to be considered a permanent um, piece that you wouldn't have to return uh, after sukkahs is over. Okay. So now we're moving to a completely different s- subject. Now we're moving on to the uh, l- status of lulav and esrog. So Tana, Yavesh Pasul, Rabbi Yehuda Makshir. Regarding a lulav, it would appear um, the Tana Kama say, says a dried out lulav is pasul. Rabbi Yehuda says that it's co- kosher. Okay. Amar Rava, Machlokus Belulav Sfari uh, makshinan lulav la esrog. The crux of the argument here is that the rabbanan connect the lulav to the esrog, ma esrog by hadar. The fact that we um, esrog requires that it has this um, attribute of hadar, that it's beautiful, af lulav by hadar. According to the rabbanan, the lulav also needs to be beautiful, and therefore a dry lulav would not. Be consistent with Hadar. Rabbi Yehuda, Savar, Lo, Makshinan. He does not connect the Esrog to the Lulav. Um, lo, Makshinan, Lulav, Le, Esrog. Aval, be Esrog, divrei, akol, Hadar, Binan. But according to the Gemara here, everyone would agree that the Esrog certainly requires Hadar, that it's beautiful. Okay. Lulav, Lo, Bai. Um, Rabbi Yehuda, Hadar. Does, is it really true that Rabbi Yehuda doesn't require that the lulav has the attribute of hadar, of beautiful? Vaha Rabbi Yehuda omer, ye milamala. The lulav needs to be bound up from the top. My timer so what's Rabbi Yehuda's reason? Lav, meshum, debai, hadar. Isn't it because he requires that the lulav is beautiful? You know, if it's bound together. Um, into this straight lulav. It's more beautiful. The Gemara responds, lo. Kitikasani taima, because as the reason is given elsewhere, Rabbi Yehuda Omer, Meshum Rabbi Tarfon, he says in the name of Rabbi Tarfon, Kapos Tamarim, um, like a a, Kapos is the language of being bound up and tight together. Imhaya Parud, if the Lulav was spread out, if the leaves were spread out, yich betenu, Then you should bind them together to make them one bound thing. Okay, the Gemara goes at the same question again. Velo by hadar, is it true that Rabbi Huda doesn't require hadar? Um, ein ogim es uh, vahatanan, but what about the Brisa, or sorry, the um, Mishnah that says, Ain Ogin es halulav ella um, bimino? You don't tie up the lulav except with the same min. So a piece of palm, of, of a palm is the only thing that's acceptable. Dire Rabbi Yehuda. That's Rabbi Yehuda's opinion. My taima. What's the reason for this? Lav Mashum dibai hadar. Isn't it because that's the beautiful, most beautiful way to do it, and it requires hadar? Lo. The Gemara says, no, again, that's not Rabbi Yehuda's reason. Daha Amar Rava. Rava explains... Vafilu vafilu the dikla. Even with these threads that grow out of um, a palm tree, even um, with uh, like a klipa, like a covering of, uh, of that's on the outside, I think of the bark of of the palm tree, that would also be acceptable, and both of those things are the same min, they're both made of palm branch, or palm tree, but they're not beautiful, that's not the, that wouldn't be a, a beautiful way to tie up the um, lulav, so we see that's not Rabbi Yehuda's reason. My time at Rabbi Hasam. so what is Rabbi Yehuda's reason that you need to tie it up with the same min, also with palm? Dekah he, Savar, he reasons that the lulav requires that it's tied up, the imayse mina acharina, and if you added another, you used another kind of material to it, like another p- type of plant, to bound up, to bind up the uh, lulav, havalahu hamisha minim. That would be like having five minim, it would be an additional min that's added in. So that's his reasoning, not because it requires hadar. Ube esrog mi bai Rabbi Yehuda hadar, and now the Gemara is even questioning whether or not Rabbi Yehuda really holds that an esrog needs to be have the quality of hadar as well. ha tanya, doesn't it say in a Brisa? arba kashem The same way, the four species in the lulav, you can't have less of them. Kach ein. You're also not allowed to add to them. Okay. Lo mat and the the Bryse continues. matza esrog. If you can't find an esrog, lo yavi lo parish. You're not allowed to bring instead of the esrog a parish, which is called a quince. And if you're not an American, you might not know, know what that is. I don't know what it is. Velo rimon and you're not allowed to bring a pomegranate instead of the esrog. Velo davar Not any other kind of fruit in place of the esrog. Okay, kamushim, kasherim. So the brysa continues. Something that's slightly uh, dried out—that's kasher. Yevashim pasulim, but completely dried out—that um, would be pasul. Rabbi Yehuda Mer, af yevashim. Even if it's completely dried out, according to him, that would be kasher. Va'ama Rabbi Yehuda. And Rabbi Yehuda brings a to prove... He brings a story to prove that you could use Yavesh um, uh, Minim in your lulav. There were people who lived in towns, in, in um, faraway towns, who would... Their children and their grandchildren would inherit their meaning from them. Okay? Amru... Misham raya. The the, the Rabbanon, speaking to Rabbi Yehuda responded. They said, "Is there that really a proof?" Ein shas raya. When people have uh, like an extreme circumstance that requires them to to, to do something unusual like that, you're not going to bring a raya that it's that it's kosher to bring a dry um, dry meaning uh, because people who had no access to to uh, fresh meaning would use dried out meaning. OK. Kasani mihas rabbi Yehuda Omer af yaveshim